Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Today is a very exciting episode for me because today, the 2nd of October 2019, is my birthday. So I purposely missed today. You know, normally these come out on a Tuesday, today's a Wednesday, because I wanted to do an episode on my birthday where I sort of had some time and space to reflect not only over the last year of my life, but really over my life as a whole. So in this week's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you 26 life lessons that I've learned over the last 26 years of my life. And for anyone who's listening and is surprised, yes, I am 26 today. Um, Most people seem to guess older than that. I'm not sure if it's the, the facial hair or what it is, but I am 26 today. And as I said, to commemorate that, I'm going to be going through 26 of the key life lessons I've learned throughout my life and especially over the last eight years of being in the personal development space and and being coached myself and learning and growing. So you would know that we try and keep these podcast episodes at around the 30 minute mark, which means for 26 lessons, I have about a minute per lesson. So this is going to be a bit of a rapid fire round, but a lot of them are lessons that touch on things we've gone deeper on in the podcast. So if you're listening and you're like, man, that lesson really hit home for me, it really resonated with me, then make sure you go check out um, you know, some of the other episodes that relate to that topic so you can go a bit deeper in it as well. And if there's any, episode, uh, any uh, tips or lessons that I share in this that really do hit home for you, let me know. Like, Flick me a message. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast or whatever you're listening to. Give it that five-star review and share it with your friends. Like, If there is one lesson of these 26 that hits home for you and changes your perspective a bit, share that with your friends because chances are they can learn from it as well. And Really, that's why we do this podcast, to be able to make an impact starting with self and spread that ripple effect. And I'm so grateful for the support you guys as listeners have shown, not only since the start of this podcast, but since BU has existed and we've been making an impact in people's lives. We could not do the work we do without your ongoing support. So on my birthday, I just wanted to take a moment to be grateful and say thank you so much for your continued support of BU, of myself, this podcast and of everything we're doing. It does mean the world to me. Now, with that said, we're going to jump straight into it. Here we go. 26 life lessons from 26 years, and we're going to try and do it in 26 minutes. Okay, here we go. Let's do this thing. So, uh, the first lesson I really wanted to kickstart this episode with is that nobody is self-made. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may have heard me say that before. And you may know that for a lot of my life, to be honest, I was a bit arrogant. I was the guy who was like, I'm going to be a self-made millionaire. I'm going to you know, do all this for me. And it was very self-focused. Over the last few years, I've really come to realize that nobody is self-made. Like Whether it's with the support and help of your family, your friends, your partners, your clients and customers, like whatever it is, there's always someone else involved. It doesn't happen in isolation. I think that's been really valuable for me to learn because it's led me to have a much more collaborative approach to life rather than a competitive one. So rather than looking for who's going to win and who's going to lose, it's how do we all win together and all support each other? And the second lesson is uh, people come and go. So whilst I'm all about a collaborative mindset and collaborative approach now, I'm also very aware that sometimes people come into your life for a reason and at a certain time, that doesn't mean they need to be there forever. Like it doesn't mean that once you've connected with someone and you're friends with them or you're in a relationship with them, whatever it may be, 
that that has to be, you know, your whole life until the end of your life. It is okay to let go of friendships, especially ones that are becoming toxic or, you know, a detrimental to your well-being. I think holding on to something that's not good for us can cause far more harm than just letting go. Although that letting go can be scary. So for me, like that big lesson of, okay, it's okay for people to come and go. Like it's okay for people to be in my life for a reason or for a season or for a time. They don't have to be there forever. And I think that also leads me to appreciate them a lot more, to know that they might not be there forever. So the time that we do have together, that's good quality time, enjoy that, like relish in it and and cherish it. The next lesson I want to share is money alone won't buy happiness but it can definitely help. So again, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you would know that we've done a couple of episodes now, if we actually have one coming up in future too, about the link between money and happiness and well-being. So whilst I don't ever tell someone that like money is the secret to happiness, it's definitely not, but being able to happily or confidently put a roof over your head to supply food to the family to have money to invest in your own well-being and in experiences and memories, it does make a difference. Like it definitely contributes. So just casting aside money and being like, oh, I don't care about money, you know, um, it doesn't buy happiness anyway, so who gives a shit is is actually not a very healthy approach to take to money or to your well-being as a whole. And that's something I really came to change. Huge shout out, by the way, to one of my coaches, Dr. Espen. Uh, who helped me change my money mindset and recognize that. That life lesson for me came, geez, about three, four years ago working with Espen on my money mindset. And another thing I learned at a similar time was that your time is infinitely more valuable than your money anyway. So yes, money contributes, it helps. But at the end of the day, just like what we spoke about before with people coming and going in your life, money's going to do the same. You try and lock up money. There was a great saying, I remember the exact details of it that shifted my perspective towards money and recognizing that time is more valuable. People who try and like damn money and 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 like a river, it goes stagnant. Whereas if you let it flow into your life and flow out of your life, it's much healthier. And if you start going, it's not about the money anyway. The money is a representation of like of of the value I bring to the world, but time is the real resource. Like nobody can get more time, right? We all have the same amount of time in our days. Um, You have the same 24 hours I have. The difference is what you're doing in it. So the fact that so many people trade ridiculous amounts of their time just for the sake of money to try and buy back time or, or experiences or whatever, it's a shitty model. It's terrible. Like if there's one thing I could change in the world like very quickly, I would love for people to start valuing their time more than their money because that's the resource that matters. Like at the end of your life, looking back, it's not about how much money you've made. It's about, did you enjoy the time that you had in this life? Did you use it for the right reasons? And speaking of right reasons and understanding lessons, the next lesson in life, number five, we would call it, um, is that the majority of failures and setbacks really are our greatest opportunities for growth. And I know that's such a cliche. It's, you know, we always hear, um, the, the light is brightest after the darkest night or, or the, whatever the bloody saying is, it's darkest before the dawn. But it's so true. Like I look back now and there were so many moments and I'm sure there'll be plenty more in life where I genuinely did not know how I was going to get through it and be that physically, mentally, emotionally, in business, in my relationship. Like there's been so many 
challenges and what I would look at at the time as a failure or a setback. And I think our relationship with failure, especially in Australia, is fucking horrible. It's like, you know, go out and try, but don't you dare fail. Well, we should actually, in a way, honor failure and go, well, hang on, what can I learn from this? How is this failure, if you want to call it that, or setback, actually giving me a great opportunity to learn and to grow and to better myself? Because that, like taking that mindset and that perspective and that growth mindset towards challenges, that's going to serve you better than nearly anything else in the world. You start viewing your challenges as a lesson, your entire approach to life will shift. And it definitely did for me. That was a, a huge shift that I've really benefited, benefited from time and time again, personally and professionally. Now, life lesson number six is that there's no price tag that can be put on you trading 40% of your waking hours every week. So what I mean by that is, as we're talking about before with like valuing your time more than you value money. On average, you're going to spend 40% of your waking hours in life at work. Like all the hours you're awake in your life, about 40% of them are going to be spent doing something for work. So if you're just doing work for the sake of getting a paycheck, you are fucking screwing yourself over. It is that simple. Like there is, I don't care what anyone says, there is no amount of money, no check that can justify buying 40% of the hours that you're awake. So, which leads perfectly into lesson number seven for me, which was do work that you love. Like work-life balance is dead. It's out the door. No such thing as work-life balance anymore. You will take work home with you. You will think of work. Work is an integral part of our life now. And I think that's a good thing. Like you can whinge and moan about that as much as you want, but it's actually incredibly valuable because work when it's done well, can give meaning, it can give purpose, it can play to your values, it can add so much enrichment and joy to your life outside of the paycheck, but it's important that you do work that you love. I mean, what's the classic saying? Uh, he who um, loves the work he does never works a day in his life. I'm such a believer of that. And and, and the more I've dove into BU and, and helping with their mindset and their emotional well-being and doing personal development and you know, running this startup, the more I've gone, this matters more to me than anything else professionally. Like doing work that I love and that matters to me is so enriching and so valuable, regardless of of money and regardless of accomplishments or achievements. It adds something to my life. And please, 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 if you're listening and you are trading forty percent of your waking hours every week for a job that you fucking hate being at and you're just there for the paycheck, please start thinking about making change to that and start finding out what it is that you love and that lights you up. And then make it a priority to do something about it. Now, speaking about priorities, lesson eight was that looking after yourself isn't selfish. It's important. Like, I'm like most people. I grew up being told that to put yourself first was a bad thing. It meant that you were a jerk. It meant that you were selfish. And that it was an honorable thing to put yourself last. You know, to be selfless was such a great thing to aim for. What we're seeing in so many industries in people's lives now, especially in nursing, allied health, in teaching, in social work, in these industries that attract helping, caring people, is that they're burning out left, right, and center. Like, let me promise you, you cannot help anyone. You cannot make a difference to your kids' lives, to your family's lives, to your friends' lives, to your clients' lives if you are running on empty. And I had to come to terms with that. Like, when I first started coaching, 
man, I was booking in so many sessions and giving my all and my heart to every single one. There was nothing left for me at the end of the day. I was just drained. And that's not okay. It's not fair to my family. It's not fair to myself. It's not fair to the clients. So recognizing that putting yourself first and caring for yourself is not selfish. It's it's necessary. It's important. It was such a great breakthrough for me. And then I had to realize lesson number nine, which was that your emotional and mental well-being matters as much as your physical well-being. If you listen to some of the early episodes, you'd know that earlier in my life, um, I struggled a lot with body image. I struggled a lot with self-esteem. And my solution was, well, I need to lose weight. Losing weight will make me happy. So I exercised like crazy. I was all over my nutrition. And I lost a lot of weight, but I was never happier. In fact, I became less healthy. You may remember that I went through an eating disorder and um, put myself in and out of hospital. And I quickly came to see that you can do all the work you want on your physical well-being and on you know, your external life. But if you're not working on the inner game, if you're not working on your mindset and your emotional well-being, you are cheating yourself. You're holding yourself back from really living a fulfilled and happy life. So make sure you're prioritizing all of them, mental, emotional, and physical well-being. And on that note, the next two topics play so closely into that. Lesson 10 for me was that exercise doesn't have to be a chore. And lesson 11 was that eating well doesn't have to be a chore. And when it comes to looking after your physical well-being, it shouldn't come at the expense of your mental and emotional well-being. I'll say that again for those who missed it, for those sitting in the back. Your physical well-being should not come at the expense of your mental and emotional well-being. So if you're eating well and you're exercising, but you're hating every goddamn second of it, that's not good for you. It's that simple. Like that is not healthy. It's about finding exercise that you enjoy. It's about creating a healthy and sustainable relationship with food and nutrition. Because when you start viewing exercise and eating well as something you have to do or as a chore, not only is it not healthy for you, but it's not sustainable. Like you're not going to commit to that for life. You're going to yo-yo like crazy and that's going to make it feel even harder to look after yourself. Now, if we flip channel completely from physical and, and mental and emotional well-being, Lesson 12 for me was around relationships and that was recognizing that they're not easy but they're damn worth it. Like for most people, our idea of a relationship comes from watching our parents or from watching Disney movies and I don't know about you but I know in my life both of those options weren't very realistic or or, or very desirable. So it was about recognizing that I needed to figure out what a happy and fulfilling relationship even looked like in the first place. Like, What did that mean to me? And I had to quickly come to realize that a great relationship does involve sacrifice. It's not this, the puzzle pieces of perfectly fit together and there's permanent joy and roses and sunshine and butterflies. There is sacrifice and there is struggle and there is compromise, but there is so much beauty and joy in that. Like relationships, I do believe, bring so so much value to our lives and our well-being. And it's been scientifically proven one of the biggest determinants of your well-being in life is the quality of your relationship. So coming in and recognizing that it's not going to be easy and that's okay. Now, of course, that's not saying that it should always be hard and that it should suck. Like that's a whole, whole different topic, right? But just going, okay, there is going to be a bit of give and take here. That's healthy. That's okay. And that's part of being in a good relationship. I know made a difference in my life and it definitely made a difference in my marriage. The other thing that made a huge difference in my marriage is, and I want to credit Will Smith for this one, the great Will Smith, uh, one of my heroes in life that I look up to. He had a great thing talking about how with his wife, he said, like, it is not my job to make you happy. 
And that's so powerful and profound. Like for me, lesson number 13 of these 26, halfway now, we're doing well, uh, was that nobody can make you happy but you. Now they can contribute to your happiness. They can influence it. They can, you know, make a difference in some way, but they can't make you happy. They can't force happiness upon you. The only person who can create long-lasting happiness is yourself. And so whilst you're waiting for society to make you happy or your friends or your loved one or your family, you're placing so much pressure on them. You're being remarkably under-responsible for yourself and you're not actually going to move anywhere. And looking back, like that was a huge mistake I made in my first few relationships in life. And my early relationships were very much about like this person is here to make it. They're, like I'm happy if they like me. And if they don't, then I'm not happy. Like I gambled my self-worth, my self-esteem, my happiness on how they viewed me. And that's not healthy. It's not good for anyone in that situation. To be honest, it's a large part. It contributed to the breakup of one of my first long-term relationships. The the amount of expectation and pressure I was putting on that girl um, to make me happy and be responsible for my happiness was not good for anyone. Looking back, everything happens for a reason in life. Like it's why I was fortunate enough to be in the right place in the right time and the right, you know, version of me to really connect with my wife um, before she became my wife, obviously. But yeah, like knowing that it's up to me to make myself happy was so empowering, and it can be scary if you've been expecting everyone else to deliver happiness to you on a silver platter for your life. It's a bit of a wake-up call to go, well, hey, that's not how it works. Like people can help. I know what we do at BU. We can teach you tools and techniques and strategies, but you're the one who's got to do them. Otherwise, nothing really changes. And that plays as well into this other myth of happiness that happiness is always around the next corner. It's it's not. Like lesson 14 for me, guys, was happiness is here. It's now. Happiness doesn't come at the loss of the next couple of kilos. It doesn't come at the new job. doesn't come at the new relationship. doesn't come in the new house. doesn't come with the new car. You might get temporary happiness from that, but you won't get long-term contentment. You won't get true fulfillment and joy from those things. Like you've got to learn to cultivate that where you are. One of my favorite sayings is, you know, I'll be happy when I'm successful is not true. What's more accurate is when I'm happy, I'll be successful. And they've proven time and time again that those who are happy where they are and happy with themselves as they are are more successful in their health and well-being. They're more successful in relationships. They're more successful financially. They're more successful in their career. Like happiness where you are and in who you are is one of the best resources you can have and one of the greatest skills to develop. So stop waiting for it to come around the next corner. Stop waiting for the next change to deliver it because that's not how it works. And I know for so long in my life, I was so caught up living in the future and going, well, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when I launch a business or when it's doing this amount, when I have this many clients or when I buy the house. And I was just gambling. I was trading away my happiness and my joy. Like if you think about it, if you're always chasing happiness, what's the end game? You die still chasing it. Like that is such a shit way to live. Whereas when you go, actually, it's up to me to cultivate happiness where I am and to create it where I am, it's so much more beneficial. Now, number 15 on my lessons is uh, travel is fun. But the really important thing is breathing room. Now, my wife is a travel agent, so don't get me wrong. I love travel. We travel often. But the thing that really makes a difference for people is having space and breathing room away from their normal environment, away from their normal expectations, away from their day-to-day life to just reflect and breathe and think and 
you know, go a bit introspective and figure out if they're happy with where they are in life and, and what they want to do in life and where their goals lie. It's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day busyness of life when you're just in that day-to-day environment. So when you do go away, whether it is traveling overseas or whether it's just ducking out for a weekend or whether it's just going for a day hike and sitting in nature, removing those distractions and those obligations and those expectations is a very valuable thing to do for you to get to know yourself more and for you to create a life that's more fulfilling. So, you know, often we say to people, oh, you need a holiday, take a holiday, go travel. Don't get me wrong, that's great, it's amazing. But if you can't do that for whatever reason, financially, time-wise, you can still get the benefits from it from just going away for a half day or a day into nature and just sitting there and giving yourself that breathing room and that space. Now, number 16 and 17 are closely linked to each other. It's, it's about two concepts that for a long time in my life I thought were bad words. Um, they're not swear words, although I do swear a lot on this podcast. I actually found out the other day my podcast has an explicit language warning, which stops some people who have parent lock on from being able to uh, to listen to the podcast. So if you are listening right now, congratulations, you've turned your parent lock off. Uh, number 16 is that money isn't a bad word. For a long time, I thought money was equated to greed and stress and fighting and, you know, being a jerk and only the a-holes in the world got rich. And of course, naturally, I didn't want to be an a-hole. I didn't want to see myself as a jerk or a greedy person. So I would get rid of money as quick as I could. At the end of the day, money is just a tool. It makes you more of who you already are. If you're a kind, caring person with uh, without money, you can do that on a larger scale with money. And so for me, recognizing that money in and of itself is not a good or bad thing, it's just a tool, was very valuable as a breakthrough. Again, shout out to uh, Espen, one of my coaches, for helping me have that realization. Number 17 is confidence isn't a bad word. You know, sometimes we think of confidence like arrogance or false pride or being over the top. But true confidence, and like I definitely thought that. Geez, if you met me in high school, like People are surprised when I tell them that I was insecure in high school because I was so good at putting on the mask and being over the top and you know, doing the hoorah-rah and looking like I was really confident. But I was, I was not confident by any means. Confidence, I've come to realize, is this deep-seated uh, and very grounded sense of certainty in yourself and in your skills. And it's about knowing who you are and owning your strengths and being okay with bringing them to the table and not shrinking away from the world. And that's a damn good thing. Like that's a damn good thing for you. It's a great thing for everyone in the world because as you become more confident, you can bring more of yourself to the world and make a bigger difference. So if you've sort of thought of confidence as you know being really arrogant or a jerk or up yourself, that's not true confidence. We don't need more people in the world like that. We need more people who have that real grounded, um, deep sense of certainty and security in who they are and who can bring that confidence to the table. Now, number 18 is around vulnerability. This is one of my more recent ones, actually. I learned this from the amazing Brene Brown earlier this year. I've been very fortunate enough to go to a lot of masterclasses recently. And a great one from this year was a half-day one with Brene Brown. Uh, if you haven't checked her out, definitely check her out. So Brene really talks a lot about vulnerability. And for me, especially being male and growing up in a very masculine sort of, you know, and a very masculine sort of father, my idea of vulnerability is that it was weakness. And it was Um, not something that men should do. You know, the classic boys don't cry thing. I realize now that that is a fucking terrible thing to teach men. Uh, And I think it's a big contributor to why males struggle so much with suicide and depression and anxieties. They don't feel that they're allowed to be vulnerable and open up. And so a big lesson for me was that vulnerability, yeah, it can be scary, but it's also incredibly freeing. 
is one of the best ways to connect with people. It's one of the best ways to feel supported and it matters so much. So we really do need more vulnerability in the world, more people being open and honest and vulnerable and real and not holding up the bullshit mask or the I've got my shit together mask. Just having these honest conversations and I hope that you know, this podcast is a way of facilitating that as well. Uh, number 19, I'm running a little bit behind. I, I told you guys I tend to talk too much. Uh, number 19 in my life lessons is your situation in life may influence your outcomes, but it doesn't determine them. So again, this comes back to taking responsibility. Like, Don't blame your past for where you are in life. Yes, it can influence it. I'm not naive enough to say that your um, parents' income or your socioeconomic status or, or, or your race or gender or anything like that doesn't have an influence. It definitely has a role. But it doesn't determine your outcome in life. It doesn't set you on this predetermined path that you have no control over changing. It's the same with like if you've been through a breakup or if you've lost your job or if you're broke for a while or if you've gained a lot of weight. Like no situation writes your destiny in stone. No situation whatsoever that you're in goes, hey, now you're here, you're stuck here for life and there's nothing you can do to change it. You do have power to change. You have power to grow and taking ownership of that and responsibility for that is one of the best things you can do. Like for me, for so long, I, I, I said, because you know my parents had been divorced, it meant that I was going to end up divorced. So I avoided relationships. For so long, I felt like a letdown in my father's eyes because I wasn't in the military and I said that because of that, I'd never be successful or I'd always be a failure in my family's eyes. Now my dad is a great supporter of what we do. I'm in a very happy marriage. Like no matter what's happened in your past, you can change your future. And owning that is so powerful. Uh, Number 20 on the life lessons is that the most valuable thing you can do is to share your voice and speak up about things that are important to you. And this comes back to the confidence thing. It comes back to recognizing what you believe in and what you're passionate about and speaking up about that. And we're in a world where the greatest like thing you can do is, is to be yourself, but we're also in a world where you're repeatedly told to be someone else. You're repeatedly told to look different, to act different, to um, care about different things or not care about certain things. I think what we're really missing is is having a lot of people who go, hey, this is what I believe in. This is what I know to be true and the world needs to hear this and there's a great saying, history isn't kind. Sorry, uh, uh, the present isn't kind to the visionary, but history is. The people who've really shaped the world and shaped our societies made a difference in the world, they were first laughed at, they were ridiculed, they were vilified, they were hated upon, and then they made change, right? And so I know for me, when I start speaking about how things I'm really passionate about, like how the pharmaceutical industry has too much of a role in people's mental and emotional well-being and that it's a tool that, yes, may be helpful, but has way overexpanded itself and gone outside of its scope. Um, when I first started sharing that, I got backlash. And I'll be honest, guys, I shrunk so quickly. I, I, I got scared. I went back to hiding from that and not speaking up and sharing my truth. And stuff that isn't just my truth. Like I know that it's evidence-backed. And then I realized like that needed to change. And that's only been in the last couple of years, guys, that I've been through that process. And for you, whatever it is that you're passionate about, that you believe in, that matters to you, the most valuable thing you can do is to share that and speak up and speak the truth. Especially, you know, I like to believe that everyone at their core is good. Like humanity is good. Just people have some really shitty strategies sometimes. I think everyone's intention is good. Their strategies can be shit. But if what you believe in can help other people, it it is a shame to not share that. So please speak up. And in saying that, number 21, be flexible in your beliefs about the world. Like, Don't just set 
your beliefs in concrete and go, well, this is it. I think in most industries, the half-life of knowledge is like, what, three to five years now, which means everything we thought we knew about a topic, three to five years later, it's either proven wrong or there's a better way discovered. And so just locking yourself in going, well, this is the truth. This is what I believe in. I'm not open to hearing other perspectives. I'm not open to having conversations about this. I'm not opening to hearing other people's thoughts. I'm not open to reviewing the research is really dangerous. And to be honest, I think that leads to a lot of conflict and a lot of hate and a lot of issues in the world. I made the mistake when I was early 20s. I was young. I was arrogant. Um, I sort of set my beliefs around mental and emotional well-being was like, this is the way. There's no other way. Um, you know, take it or leave it. And I've really come to be humbled and, and a lot more flexible and open um, thanks to a, a few great mentors of mine, one in particular, Sebastian Terry. Um, shout out to Sebastian for you know, pointing that out to me about how I was a bit rigid in my thinking a few years ago, um, actually on my 23rd birthday. So three years ago, he pointed that out to me uh, a couple of weeks after my 23rd birthday, which I'm so grateful for because I believe it's made me a better version of me. Now, uh, lesson number 22, speaking of me becoming a better version of me over three years, you are no under, under no obligation to be the same person five years from now that you are today. Like no one says that you have to choose who you are and that's you for life. You are allowed to grow. You're allowed to develop. You're allowed to learn. You're allowed to upskill and you're allowed to transform. And I think that's important and valuable. I used to think that like you had a sense of self, you were certain that you were set, that's it, that's you for life. But when we open ourselves up for growth, we can seize more opportunities. We can overcome more challenges. We can become better versions of ourselves. I think the great saying is what once serves us will eventually limit us. If you imagine a tree in a greenhouse, the greenhouse will serve really well until the tree touches the roof. And then you've got to change the greenhouse so the tree can grow bigger. That's It's like that with us. Like If you've just got the same greenhouse, the same beliefs, the same version of you, you're only going to grow so far. So allowing yourself to change and shift and grow over time is very important. If you look at it physiologically and scientifically, I mean, what every single cell in your body is replaced. I think it's after a few years, you're a completely different person cellular-wise. Who says you can't do the same? with your sense of self and your perspective as well. Now we're in the final four. So number 23 in my lessons is that the purpose of life, now this might be a bit controversial, but I've come to believe that the purpose of life, so for those listening who want what is life's purpose, here's your answer from me. Purpose of life is to identify and pursue something that's worth suffering for. Now that may sound dark, it may sound bleak, but what I mean by that is there's always going to be challenges in life. There's always going to be curveballs. There are always going to be difficulties. But when you have something that you've clearly identified that you're willing to struggle for, to suffer for, and to go through that pain, it gives meaning to the difficulties. And it also brings extra enjoyment and meaning to the to the to the beautiful moments in life and to the successes and the joys. So you could say it another way that the purpose of life is to identify what brings purpose to your life. There is no one-size-fits-all answer. It's for you to go, hey, what is something I really believe in that I value and that I want to leave as a mark on the world, no matter how big that impact is. I believe in making an impact starting with self, so it has to start with you looking after you, but then finding something that you're so passionate about that you want to use to positively impact other people's lives and know that in the pursuit of that, there is going to be setbacks, there's going to be struggles, there's going to be suffering, there's going to be heartache, there's going to be hurt, but that's all part of the journey. And there is this real beautiful sense of comfort in knowing that it's worth it and it matters because without that suffering is just suffering and it sucks but if you are like okay this is happening for a reason it's helping me pursue this vision and this goal that can change the world now 
The last three, uh, I'm actually going to save and do in a separate little segment because we're about to hit the 30 minute mark. I've got the red light flashing at me. So we're sort of at a good time where it's like, okay, let's build the tension. Let's build the suspense and let's jump into the last three or the, of the top 26 lessons I've had over the last 26 years of my life. Okay, here we go. It's the top three. Actually, you know what? Let's do this properly. It's my birthday. Why not? Let's do a drum roll for the top three. Okay, here we go. I wish I had a symbol. That would have made that so much more dramatic. But the top three, the final three in the 26 lessons I've gained over the 26 years of my life thus far. Number 24 is that there is no such thing as bad emotions or bad thoughts, like positive thinking. You guys have heard me rage about this before, but I'm going to rage about it again. Positive thinking is such a load of bullshit, like telling people to only think positive or to feel good all the time, A, isn't possible, and B, it's bad for them. Like it, it sets them up for an impossible task where they then feel bad about themselves for having, quote marks, negative thoughts or negative feelings. The key with thoughts and feelings right, is to be more aware of them, to understand them on a deeper level, to accept that they're there, and then to have proven techniques that can help you change them so that you're not caught up by them. You're not at the mercy of them. The key is for you to get back in the driver's seat rather than be in the passenger seat of your mental and emotional well-being. Like if your thoughts and feelings control you in your life, that's where it becomes a problem, right? So we're too caught up in them. We need to detach ourselves and learn how to get back in the driver's seat. We don't need to kick them out of the car. We just need to be back in control. And that's something I'm so grateful to be doing for a career. Speaking of an earlier lesson of, you know, um, do work that you love. That's why I'm so grateful for BU. I'm so grateful for the movement we've created, for the community. I'm so grateful for um, the programs we launched, for the platforms we launched to help people just like yourself learn how to be more aware of their thoughts and feelings, how to be more understanding of them, how to accept them, but also learn how to change them no matter what's happening around them in life. Because like, honestly, guys, if there's one thing that's changed my life, it's that. It's being back in the driver's seat of my well-being. It's having tools and strategies to help me better manage my thoughts and feelings, to be happier, to be more confident, to be more fulfilled. Like the flow-on effect from that is ridiculous. All of those other lessons I've spoken about before could not have happened without being in a place where I'm back in the driver's seat with my well-being and without being in a place where I have the skills and tools to actually change how I think and feel rather than fight with how I think and feel. And that plays really well into number 25, the second last one I'm going to share today, which is whatever you do in life, be it for your career or for a hobby or for fun or whatever you're doing at any given moment, have fun doing it. Bring yourself to it. Bring your um, strengths. Bring your passion. Bring your joy. Have fun along the way. Like I do understand and know that what I do on this podcast and what we do with BU Coaching as a whole is very serious and very important work, but let's not take it so damn seriously all the time. Let's be tongue-in-cheek. Let's swear. Let's have fun. Let's make jokes because that way, A, I enjoy it a lot more, so I'm going to do it for my whole life. I'm not going to burn out. And B, I imagine you guys enjoy it a lot more too. And so you're more likely to take these lessons on board. You're more likely to look after yourself and to apply what you learn so that you can live a happier and healthier life. So please do bring that sense of, of, of joy and playfulness and fun to your life. And I think there was a great story I read the other day about how, you know, on average, kids laugh X amount of times per day. I forget how much it was. Let's say 40 something. 
and adults laugh like three times a day. I think that is terrible. I think it's something we need to change in our culture. We need to go back to having fun with whatever we're doing and bringing that sense of fun to our lives because when we're having fun, we do better work. And when we do better work, we make a bigger impact. So please do have fun with everything that you do in life. And then the last one, here it is, the big one, the, the, the closer, the final of the 26 lessons. For those who've listened this far, thank you for sticking around too. So the 26th lesson that I'm going to share with you on my birthday today is that the greatest gift that you can give yourself, your loved ones, and the world as a whole is to just be you. As I said before, you're living in a world that's repeatedly trying to make you someone else's idea of success, trying to make you fit a mold, trying to make you just follow this set structure of life that cannot possibly work for 7 billion people. What the world needs more than anything else is for you to be yourself, for you to learn how to look after your well-being and fill up your cup, for you to identify what matters to you in life and what is worth suffering for, as we spoke about earlier, for you to have the confidence to back yourself and pursue that and share that message with the world and for you to bring your true, authentic, vulnerable, real self to every interaction that you have. The world is too full of fake smiles and masks. We need humanity. We need authenticity. And really, we need you to start showing up as you. The best thing I ever did in my life was learn who I was and how to be that person on a daily basis. And it is something I'm so passionate about sharing with the world every single day. Because I've seen firsthand the ripple effect that is spread when people identify who they are, they learn the skills to look after their mental and emotional well-being, they identify what matters to them and they pursue it wholeheartedly. They make an impact to their kids' lives, to their loved ones' lives, to their family, to their friends, to their workplace, to their communities. Like That is how we change the world. It is making an impact that all starts with self and the starting with self is about you bringing yourself to the table. That's why I do this. That's why I do what I do. So today on my 26th birthday, I just want to say thank you once again to everyone who has listened to this episode, to everyone who has tuned in. I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful to have you on board with this journey, to have you supporting not only me, but be you as a movement and everything we're doing. Um, Don't go away straight after this episode or towards the end of it. I'm going to talk about how you can become part of that movement and how you can really apply these lessons we've been talking about so that you too can learn to make an impact starting with self and so that you too can learn how to bring yourself to the world and make a difference. Thank you once again for spending your time. We spoke before about how time is your greatest investment. You never get it back. So I'm always so grateful to see that people spend their time investing in themselves by listening to this podcast and and tuning in. I'm so grateful for the support that you guys send in. If you've loved any episode, please do email us at grow, G-R-O-W at B-U-Coaching.org and let us know. Uh, If there's any topics in particular that stood out to you, let us know and make sure that you do give us a five-star review on anything that you're listening through and, and, and write a, a sentence like that. That written sentence makes such a difference in us being able to help more people's lives and it takes nothing from you other than like 10 seconds to do it. Uh, for those of you who've listened who really do want to take the next steps forward in your well-being journey and your personal development journey and who really resonated with what I spoke about today, uh, you can do that. There are a couple of different ways. The first is make sure you jump into the BU community. It is our free 
online group where you can connect with other people who listen to this podcast, come to live events, who do our coaching programs and be surrounded by a tribe of people who are passionate about living happy and fulfilled lives. And that makes such a difference to your likelihood of following through is you can become surrounded by that group of supportive people who can uplift you as well. The second thing you can do is make sure you jump onto the wellness library and on Pocket Coach. Um, you know, that is our fully learning platform that helps quantify your well-being so you're clear on where you're at in your journey and helps give you clear steps and instructions and access to guest experts and tests and podcasts and videos and blogs to help you level up and to help you improve your well-being and your personal development and become the best version of yourself possible. So check that out. And then of course, if you're ready to really accelerate your personal growth and take those next steps and you want to work one-on-one with one of our team and really become part of the BU coaching movement, make sure you jump in on a complimentary connection call. We know we're not the right fit for everyone. So we do like having a free call first just to connect. Uh, I will put my personal one in there so you can connect with me personally. We'll have a conversation, see if it's the right fit. And that way you've got certainty moving forward on whether this is the right fit for you or not in your well-being and personal development journey. I will leave the links for all of those options in the show notes. And once again, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for spending time with me on my 26th birthday. And I'm so, so excited to continue to serve you guys and make an impact moving forward from here. And I do hope that as always, between now and the next time we talk, you'll go ahead and make an impact. Start with self and be you.